Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and we actually got some news from all sides of Hollywood, box office and streaming. Let's start by taking a look at the holiday weekend top five. Since it was a holiday weekend, thanks to the 4th of July, the top five numbers will include Monday as well. Staying in first place this weekend is F9 with 30.1 million for a total of 123.2 million. Opening in second place was the Boss Baby Family Business with 20.3 million. Opening in third place was the Forever Purge with 15.6 million. In fourth place was A Quiet Place Part 2 with 5.2 million for a total of 145.4 million. Lastly, in fifth place is Hitman's Wife Bodyguard with 3.9 million for a total of 32. Overall, Universal had a damn good weekend. F9 did drop 67% compared to opening weekend. However, it is holding well enough that it should be able to make it to 150 million domestic, which would be very good for the studio. The Boss Baby did well considering it was also on Peacock for free if you pay for the streaming service. Even the Forever Purge, which on face value, the numbers don't look that great, isn't bad. The last one, the first Purge, opened to 17 million three years ago with no pandemic. So like I said, Ain't too bad. As for this coming weekend, we got the big one coming in. Guess who's back to take your money? That's right, Marvel Studios. They're back with their first film for Phase 4, with Black Widow. It's expected to open around $90 million, which would be fantastic considering it will also be on Premiere Access for Disney+. Plus. I'm hoping for $100 million, but we'll see. Moving to China, the box office has not grown a lot with the movie celebrating the country and the 100th anniversary of the Communist Party. In first place again, now with its official debut, 1921 made 21.4 million for a total of 45.4 million. Opening in second place is The Pioneer with 8.4 million. In third place was Man in Love with 3.1 million for a total of 35.5 million. Fourth place was Peter Rabbit 2 The Runaway, which just made under 3.1 million. Very small difference uh, for a total of 27.5 million. And in fifth place was On Your Mark with 1.5 million for a total of 21.1 million. So yeah, not the strongest numbers here, which makes it seem people are not interested in seeing them. Uh, and it's not because of strong competition, because the path was clear. The path was kind of made for them, for these Chinese movies to do well, and to dominate most of July. But it looks like at this point, 1921 may get to $100 million. That would be the only one. Since no Hollywood studio has announced release dates, uh, like when Black Widow comes out, expect those to come out in August. Uh, but then, you know... It's on Premiere Access and Disney+. Plus. By the time it comes out in August, there will be a bunch of HD ripped copies online for streaming in multiple countries, not just China. Will it being released in August affect the box office revenue? Probably. So that will be, uh, be interesting to watch. Let's take an actual numbers. Let's take a look at the worldwide numbers. By the time you're listening to this, F9 will have passed 500 million. As of July 5th, it is at 491.5 million. This will make it the third movie to pass half a billion worldwide this year, with the other two being Hi Mom and Detective Chinatown 3. No movie has made a billion yet this year. The Boss Baby Family Business opened in a few small countries and made $1.5 million for a worldwide opening total of $21.8 million. The Forever Purge made $1.3 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $16.9 million. Cruella is at $204.4 million worldwide. While A Quiet Place Part 2 is now at 268.3 million. The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It is working toward 200 million now, with it at 173.7 million worldwide, and Wrath of Man is so, so close to hitting 100 million, with it at 
$99 million. Now let's talk about the deals being done in Hollywood. Last week I talked about the follow-up movie to the father called The Sun. Well, at Cannes, which is happening now, Sony Picture Classics have bought the rights for the film in most areas. They will release the movie in the United States, China, India, and Eastern Europe. They already were responsible for releasing the father in the United States, so, you know, this is not a big shock. The one area on the map that is suspiciously missing from the deal is Western Europe. So I wonder who will be releasing it in France, Germany, Italy, and so forth. Otherwise, for Sony Picture Classics, this is a slam dunk. The father did really well in the award season, and with this stacked cast, should do pretty good. Also from Cannes, Studio Canal announced that Paddington 3 is in the works at the studio. Not much is known at the moment, but they plan to start filming in the second half of next year. The first two are well-received critically and by the audiences, so it's not a surprise they want to make a third one. Hopefully it can live up to the quality of the first two. And what is right now the biggest deal to happen in Cannes is for the Greenland sequel. The movie went up for auction and STX walked away with it for $75 million. Specifically, they are spending $25 million to have the domestic rights and another $50 million for international rights. Deadline has the exclusive on this and part of the reason STX was able to get it was because they released the first one. Since they did, they had an option to give a matching option in the auction and they went ahead with it. The best way to put it is if you know sports, if you know basketball, it's like a restricted free agent in basketball. Yes, they can take offers from other teams, but the current team can match it. And that's basically what happened here. Filming begins in the first half of 2022. Also for Cannes, they are getting their first ever IMAX screen. I was kind of surprised when I read the news, but yes, they have not had one until now. The screen is part of the new Cinema Cinema Multiplex, which just opened. That's not the only theater news this week. Quentin Tarantino announced that he bought a second theater, the Vista Theater in Las Vegas. He plans to open it around the end of December and will only show films in film, like film reels, no digital. Uh, he did say he is open to showing new films. That's not an issue with him. They just have to give him an actual film reel. Uh, with that being the case, uh, expect only Nolan to show up with his new movies. And for AMC, we are starting to see more of their plans to connect with investors. A few weeks ago, they announced a new program for their shareholders, and one perk of it was to see exclusive showings of movies. Well, now we have the first one of them. On July 7th, AMC will have an exclusive showing for Escape Room 2 in select AMC theaters across the country. The film comes out wider release on July 16th. I will say, for a first attempt, that is not a bad movie to start off with, because they are never going to get the studios to share their big blockbusters for this. If this program does continue, expect small budget movies from the studios and movies in the running during award season. Since those like to be released in limited fashion first to qualify, why not throw in a few exclusive showings for shareholders? For new trailers out this week, we got two. First is the next Walt Disney animated movie, Encanto, which is set to come out in November. The second is a trailer for The Addams Family 2, which MGM is keeping in its release date of October 1st against Hotel Transylvania. Not sure why they have not moved it yet, but hey, at least we get to see a nice train wreck happen. Did someone say studios are being silly with release dates? Well, <laughs> Warner Brothers is here to do their part because right now they have Dune set to release in France on September 15th, just over a month ahead of its domestic release. Why? No one knows, because no one knows what Warner Brothers does half the time. We also have not gotten a clear answer on if Dune will still be day and date release on HBO Max. That is something else to look out for. We got a new movie announcement, a spy movie from Matthew Vaughn. He has taken a break from Kingsman to direct and produce Argyle. The movie is based on a spy novel that will be released soon, and the film is the first in a trilogy, assuming it does well enough for the rest to be produced. And don't worry, they have gotten a solid cast together to keep you interested. We got Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Samuel Jackson, Bryce Dallas Howard, John Zena, Brian Cranston, and Dua Lipa. Yep, Dua Lipa will have her acting debut here, 
as well as produce some music for the film. They are also moving fast on getting it done, with filming beginning next month in Europe. No release date announced yet, but with a quick turnaround from announcement to filming, I could see this coming out next fall. Now, how amazing is this spy novel? But that they have laid the groundwork for a trilogy of movies? Don't know since it's not out yet. But even if the book itself is trash, if they wrote a good script out of it, and it has a great cast, it could work. I will definitely be looking forward to this since The Man from UNCLE 2 will never happen. In news that should not surprise anyone, both Marvel and DC will not be at San Diego Comic-Con at home this year. Why? Well, because they don't need to, and it's not in person. They got the hype at Comic-Con because it's exclusive, and the clips that did get out, you'd see a bunch of screaming fans. It builds hype to people not there. But last year, with DC Fandom and Disney Investor Day, we saw they don't need it. They can create their own event, host it virtually, and still dominate the news. It's like watching a press conference from Apple for the new iPhone you're going to buy, except it's for movies you're going to watch in two to three years. Personally, I'm hoping Warner Brothers announces a DC fandom event soon. They are starting to build up a lot of things they can show off. You got new Batman trailer, Black Adam first look, Flash first look. You know, there's a lot more stuff they can start to show off now. And we finish off this section of the podcast on a somber note with the passing of Richard Donner. No cause of death revealed. But he did die at 91. He was a famous director who started numerous franchises, including the original Superman movies, Mad Max, and Lethal Weapon. Oh, oh yeah, he also made The Goonies. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Donner. VOD Premium is busy this week, so let's start with Netflix. The Hollywood Reporter has the exclusive on this, and that is Zack Snyder's next film will be with Netflix. After directing Army of the Dead and helping start a new franchise for the company, Snyder will now direct a sci-fi fantasy movie called Rebel Moon. He will also produce and co-write the screenplay as well. Right now, Snyder is hoping to start filming in early 2022, and for Netflix, it is being reported that they are hoping this can also turn into a franchise like Army of the Dead. So let's see. I will say Netflix is smart in continuing to build their own film franchises, but I think they need to be careful. Yes, Army of the Dead is being built into a franchise. But we have yet to see if it will be a successful one. Personally, I did not like Army of the Dead, and with how Netflix reports streaming numbers, they fudge it so much it is hard to tell how big it was. I will say, reading in between the lines, I think they believe it was good enough to try and work with Snyder on a second franchise. I feel if it completely flopped, they wouldn't be given, they wouldn't be answering his phone calls, but... And unlike other directors, Snyder is not locked into working with Netflix. He could have gone anywhere with this movie. Now, will it be any good? Eh, maybe. I hope it's better than Army of the Dead, at least. Also for Netflix, we got a release date for what is possibly their biggest movie of the year, Red Notice. The movie with Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Headlining will premiere November 12th, which is actually a good day for it. It will come one week after Eternals, and for movies and theaters, it will be opening against Ghostbusters Afterlife, so not much heavy competition. No offense to Ghostbuster fans. Now to Amazon, where it seems like they like the response they got from viewers for their summer blockbuster, The Tomorrow War. Deadline has the exclusive on this, with Skydance and Amazon in early talks to make a sequel to the movie. Not only that, but the current idea is to bring everyone back. The same creative team, with Chris McKay directing, and Chris Pat and J.K. Simmons starring. One thing I noticed is that the article mentioned that Paramount is involved in the talks as well. Why, I am not sure. For the first movie, it made sense as they produced it with Skydance, and then they sold it to Amazon, so they needed to get their credit as well. I get that. But for a sequel? If Amazon and Skydance make the sequel together, what is there for Paramount to do? Possibly physical distribution, if Amazon is looking to sell physical copies of these movies. It would help get into more people watching, as not everyone has signed up to Prime. While the movie has not been the best received movie, it's clear the numbers are off the charts. 
And really, that's what matters. Also, Amazon is in a position like Netflix where they need to build up a few film franchises of their own, and now they might have one with the Tomorrow War. Here's a possible sequel title, The Day After Tomorrow War. <laughs> you know, just like uh, that little movie, Day After Tomorrow, Global Warming and all that. <laughs> and in the final story for the episode, don't worry, I will stop my terrible jokes. Uh, we got both Amazon and Universal with me going, oh no, what are you doing, Universal? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? So last week, I talked about how NBC Universal was going to keep Universal's pay one window to Peacock. Right, taking it back from HBO after contract ends, all that. Turns out, not really. They've sold a chunk of it to Amazon for Prime Video. So let me break it down first so it's easier to talk about. So going forward, 2022 onward, this is how a live-action Universal movie will be released. First, it will go to theaters. After it is done in theaters, it will be on Peacock for four months. Then, month 5 through 14, it will leave there and go to Prime Video. Finally, for months 15 through 18, it'll be back on Peacock. And that is the pay one window for live action Universal movies going forward. And I say live action because Deadline is saying as of now that this does not include animated movies from DreamWorks and Illumination. For those, it will go to Peacock, Netflix, and then back to Peacock. So yeah, this shows me that they're not too confident in Peacock and they want to have their cake and eat it too. But who knows, maybe it'll work. They are going to have to advertise heavily that they have, say, Jurassic World Dominion exclusively on Peacock as much as they can and those four months to get new and hopefully paying subscribers. For Amazon though, this is great as they solidify Prime Video as a solid streaming option. With all the services around now, people need to start to cut down, or they might want to, maybe not, but I've been seeing people trying to cut down only have three or four at a time. If that does become an actual trend, all services need to earn their place and Amazon is making sure Prime Video is worth it. But there's something else that caught my eye and I think that might be more important. That is the deal Amazon secured for IMDB TV. This is their free streaming service with ads, and it looks like they have started to build it up to be something serious. They have secured the network rights to some Universal movies, old and new, including F9, Shrek 2, The Invisible Man, and Despicable Me 2. Now these are network rights, which usually are after pay one window, so don't expect to be seeing F9 for free until the end of next year or even 2023. However, this shows they want to beef up the service, I think, before they start a marketing push for it. One of their longest running shows, Bosch, just ended on Prime Video, after seven seasons. It's a good show. I highly recommend it. But the reason I mention it is there's a spin-off in the works with some of the main characters. And where is it going? That's right. IMDB. So now over the next one to two years, Amazon will be filling up the service with more quality movies as well as making exclusive content for it. I would say for 2022, keep an eye on how IMDB TV does and how Amazon pushes it. And that's it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. A question for the episode is, do you even want a sequel to the Tomorrow War? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening. See you next time.